Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward alongside my co-host Jeremy File and uh, we got a lot of things to get to today so we're just going to go ahead and get started. We're going to dive right into the Maryland-Michigan basketball game. Uh, the Wolverines don't necessarily close out the season on a high point but I think it's important to note that they did start gaining at least a little bit of momentum back um, in regards to a slump. Um, obviously, when you play Maryland, trying to maintain that momentum is a completely different animal. As you know, for my money, Maryland's one of the top two teams in the Big Ten. And, um, obviously, we know how tough this league is. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, but Jeremy, take us through that game. What did you see that you liked? What did you see that you didn't? I know you're kind of uh, recovering. Um, and uh, just climbing out of your deathbed right now. But, uh, you know, what did you see in that Maryland game? Um, I seen absolutely nothing from the Maryland <laughs> game because I was basically, like Tyler said, on my deathbed. I do not have coronavirus. We will be bringing up coronavirus here lately. I do not have that. I am in the clear. But, uh, yes, dead to the world all of Sunday. Only really got a, able to catch the glimpse at the end of Cassius Winston kissing the floor and all I could think of was, Oh man, I hope that floor is clean. Cause I hope they don't get what I just got, but no rewatching the game. Uh, Michigan did exactly what I thought they would do. I just thought they wouldn't win the game of course. And uh, I think that they just desperately need a tournament uh, bracket play right now. They need the big 10 tournament. They need March madness. They need to find a way to start clicking and they, uh, what better way to do it than the big 10 tournament? I mean, I think that, you know, you, you could find a way to, to win a couple games here in a row, it would be very huge to win that first one. Rutgers, you know, has lost to them twice. They're going to want to get them back. It's hard to beat a team three times. Um, as far as the Maryland game, like I said, just not whole much to talk about for me, Tyler, because I think I just kind of expected it. You know, they didn't defend very well. Um, you know, Maryland's a hard team to defend. And uh, they, I thought they looked a little disinterested at times. You know, they just didn't seem to play with a whole lot of fire. Um, I think that's been a lot of the problems, period. You know, I mentioned it to you earlier. I, I thought that this team was just not tough enough to do great in the Big Ten for a whole season. But it is a team that when they're shooting the lights out and, in no, you know, one game loser and you're out, you know, they could be scary. So there's still enough pieces there. Like, it hasn't changed at all. It's been the same. And I know it kind of seems boring. But uh, they need these three games, though. They really need to find a way to, to win three games. I mean – they're as good as anybody when they're playing well. Um, when they're not playing well, then, yeah, they're, they're mid, middle of the road. So uh, the Maryland game, though, would have been a nice game to get an upset win. It would be helpful for a lot of different reasons. Michigan State would have liked it. But then again, Wisconsin won. So there was no way Michigan State could have outright won the Big Ten. But, but yeah, no, it would have been nice to see them come in there and have a big win again. But, you know, I think we all kind of expected what happened. Yeah, and I mean – I'm right there with you. Look, um, like I said uh, before, I, before uh, we brought you in, like this is a team that – this is a Michigan team that – or a Maryland team, rather, that, uh, you know, they're uh, – I told you earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, the show and uh, some of the things we were going to bring up, like I think there's a clear uh, dividing line between one and two and the rest of the Big Ten, I think that clear dividing line is Illinois. Yeah, not Wisconsin. I think it's actually Illinois. And um, I think that, uh, you know, 
when you get what you expect, when you get a game where, you know, maybe it's an up and down type game for Michigan, but you're in College Park, it's Cowan's senior day, and, um, you know, he's first team all Big Ten player and by uh, both uh, real media and us, but uh, he's first team all Big Ten caliber player. You know, it's hard to stop those guys who've given, you know, uh, four years of their lives to a university. And uh, it's really difficult to uh, take away the energy in the arena in regards to a situation like that. Maryland, uh, for my money, I think is probably the second toughest place to play in the big time. Um, even including uh, Chrysler and the Breslin Center. Uh, you know, I've got them right behind uh, Purdue in uh, Mackey Arena. Uh, but even though Purdue's not really had the greatest season, ultimately, you know, it looks like they're going to end up missing the tournament. But let's turn our attention to Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State got a win uh, to solidify a third straight Big Ten championship. Tom Izzo, the only coach in Big Ten history to win three in a row multiple times. Um, but he Cassius Winston, a fantastic uh, senior day performance, 27 points over this last week, shooting over 70% as a point guard from the field. Uh, stellar performance by him. Watts has come on strong. Henry's looked good. Uh, and both of those guys kind of lock things down defensively in the second half again. And then, you know, Tillman does what Tillman did, what Tillman does and uh, just played a, Great all-around game, uh, shutting down another all-Big Ten caliber uh, big. What did you see in that game that you really liked that this Michigan State team can kind of take moving forward? I think offensively they're, they're clicking a little bit. You know, I think that was always the thing with, with Michigan State that over the years is I always knew they were going to be tough. I always knew they were going to be physical. I knew they were going to play a, a, a real tough brand of basketball. But what I'm starting to notice right now is offensively they're starting to really click. And, and that's a huge thing for the tournament because as well as they've done in the Big Ten, um, there's been seasons where they've struggled in the tournament. You know, and, and I think that some of that rely, you know, is relies heavily on not doing well offensively. You know, we, we, you hate to look back, but, you know, some of those losses, the you know, the Middle Tennessee loss was obviously different. But I don't want to do this look back thing, but let's just be honest. Offensively is where they've had their issues when they've lost in the tournament. Um, not shooting the ball well and not making shots. They are not doing that right now. They're hitting shots. Uh, Rocket Watts has been fantastic hitting shots. Aaron Henry's making tough shots inside. Tillman's scoring when he needs to. You know, Aarons comes off the bench, hits shots. Cassius, you just mentioned it, unreal shooting percentage. So I think that was the thing I noticed. They just shot the ball so well because really Ohio State played pretty well. I mean, Ohio State shot the ball outstandingly. Um, you know, they got good looks. All the things that I told you, Tyler, before the game they had to look out for. Washington had a couple buckets. Walker had a few nice buckets. Both Wessons played really good at times, especially Andre Wesson. I thought he played really well at times. Um, uh, you know, Michigan State just played great on offense. They really did. And I think that's something to look forward to to watch the next few weeks is will they stay potent on offense? Will Rocket Watts play well? Will he still, you know, hit big shots? Uh, will Henry continue to play well? Will Will a guy like Gabe Brown come off the bench and play well? Um, they're going to need they're need, going to need to hit shots. They're just going to. Um, so I think that was the, the thing that's encouraging, and and I think it's definitely something to look forward to. I think they need to continue it this week 
uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Um, it, you know, I think you got to keep that confidence shooting the basketball at a high level. And I think they will. I, I really think that's probably the thing that's going to carry them. I mean, we can talk about toughness and defense all we want. You got to hit shots. Right. And uh, they are they are right now. They really are hitting shots. No, that and that's actually one of my concerns. And we'll get to Michigan um, in regards to you know uh, what a strength is that they can use uh, moving forward. But that's one of my concerns ultimately for this Michigan State team. Um, because if you go back and you look at that Ohio State game, and you said it, they hit shots. But you got to look at who yeah. was hitting those shots. Cassius Winston. 10 to 14 rocket Watts, obviously, you know, almost shot the leather off the ball for a minute. Um, Tillman, obviously, like I said, he did what he does. And then, uh, Aaron Henry, um, hit a few shots here and there, uh, somewhat with like a really high degree of difficulty, but that's 73 of Michigan state's 80 points that game. Yeah, is between those four guys. Now, obviously, like we've said, it was about trying to find help for Winston and Tillman all season long. And right now, Watson and Henry are both stepping up consistently. But there's not really a three-point shooter in that bunch. Obviously, Winston led the lead, led the Big Ten in three-point field goal percentage. But you need a shooter off the ball as well. And that's where Arns and Brown come in. Those two combined for just five points against Ohio State and you got another two from Thomas Kith here. You need a shooter. You need Arns to shoot. You need Brown to shoot. You need it. I'm going to say this. You need at least nine points off three pointers from Arns and Brown if Michigan State wants to win. And when I say win, I'm talking about winning the whole thing. You need at least nine points off the corner three from those two guys. And you, they've got to just spread it out a little bit more for me to feel really, really comfortable with this team. Yeah, I think you could be right at the next level of it. I mean, if, if you're talking like you just mentioned, winning it all, yeah, I, I, you'd like to see some guys step in and give great minutes and make a few buckets. Uh, but I, I think you got to look at it both ways. And the one way you can look at it is, wow, we're, we're that successful with four guys scoring. I mean, that, that says a lot. That's it's true. something that I mentioned it's going to come down to the big four. It's going to come down to, uh, you know, Winston, Tillman, Watts, and Henry. And, man, it, it, it certainly wasn't a problem against Ohio State. Those four guys were great. Uh, Aaron Henry is really – So that you said the big four, now that we're talking, like, hey, you know what? Yeah, Aaron Henry found his. Rocket Watts found his when earlier yeah. it was like, God, where's this third guy going to come from? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think that the, the positive for all Spartan fans should feel real positive knowing that, those are four guys that you can really depend on to score the basketball right now. Um, and, and Cash is really hitting shots left and right lately. has got to make you feel good. Um, you know, they, they seem to really be clicking offensively. It, it's just, you know, we've seen this so many times. Let's just keep it in state when we talk about it. How many times have we seen this when Michigan started making their run where Trey Burke was hitting shots left and right? Tim Hardaway was hitting shots left and right. Uh, Stauskas was hitting shots left and right. You know, it was always three or four guys. And, and, you know, Michigan State last year making their run. Kenny Goins hits a big shot against Duke. Winston was fantastic. Tillman played great. Matt McQuaid played great. Um, You know, four guys, you know, three or four guys is really what you need to get to that final four. And they got it right now. I mean, they really do. So you're just hoping that 
it doesn't fall off because like like you said tyler nobody else is really doing it though so you you probably do need all four to continue this and if they don't yes aaron's got you know he has to hit shots Brown has to come in and play well um they don't have a lot of scoring depth per se that's the thing that is scary when you know we, we go back and forth right we're like who's gonna where's when henry gonna step up when's watts gonna step up now they are now what are we saying well, when's Kyle Arnold and Gabe Brown going to hit shots? <laughs> so, you know, you're always going to have that in basketball. But I, I feel much more comfortable for Michigan State when those four are playing that well than the other way. I really yeah, do. absolutely. And, I mean, you talk, you said that those four can do it offensively. Uh, they can do it defensively, too. Winston, maybe not as much because he has to shoulder so much of the load offensively. But Watts has turned into a great defender. Henry uh, looks like he's yeah. trying. Henry, I think his issue was – he needs to be the second defender because he was the first defender all season long and he was terrible. Then Watts came on strong. Izzo asked him if he had any balls. Watts was just dragging him out to the court lately playing defense. And Henry now all of a sudden, he seems to have locked in as the secondary perimeter defender. Then obviously you've got, you know, the best defensive player in the Big Ten, uh, the media, they yeah. starting to see what we were seeing a couple weeks ahead of them. But, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah th- things are really starting to come together for them. For Michigan, uh, what's one thing, because we did kind of skip over, what's one thing that, you know, they do need to do better to uh, – or, yeah, they need to do better and uh, one of their uh, strengths moving in to uh, postseason play? Well, I think when they played well this year, they defended well, and I think that they're just not good enough offensively to depend on it. So I think that with their size – the, um, they can, you know, cause some problems. You know, when you have Teske inside, Livers, is, that's pretty good size. Wagner, that's good length. Um, and, and then Brooks and Simpson can pressure the ball well. So you, you have a good defensive group with that five, and then you bring guys off the bench like Brandon Johns, who can defend pretty well. Uh, David DeJulius is a very good defender off the bench. Um, you know, you, you have some pieces there where they got to lock in on defense. You know, you got to win games that, like they won at Rutgers, where they completely shut Rutgers down on the road. Um, you know, when they, they won on the road against Purdue, Purdue struggled this year, but they really shut them down. They didn't score much on them. The, the times they've been awful this year is when they've given up so many points. I mean, they just have given, you know, it's been easy buckets too. Um, you know, I look back at the one game. Um, they haven't had that one game, Tyler, where they just locked in and played great defense. And besides the beginning of the season, in the Big Ten season, they didn't have many games, if any, where they just shut the team down defensively and shot the lights out. And if it was a game, it was against a bad team. So, you know, they didn't do it against Michigan State. You know, Michigan State, they Michigan State played terrible at Chrysler. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Michigan played really good defense, but they didn't shoot very well. And then, honestly, Xavier Simpson hit three threes or four threes, whatever. That was shocking. So that was a weird game. That's an example of, I guess, a few times they hit shots and played good defense. But – they just have to play great D. That's what that's what led them last year. That's what made them, you know, a really tough team to beat. Uh, they were not very good offensively last year either. People forget that. Even with Jordan Poole and Iggy Przangis, um and Charles Matthews, they, they were terrible on offense at times last year. Um, but defensively, they really locked in. I think they were one of the best teams defensively in the conference last year, if not the best. I, th- I believe they were the best team on in the Big yeah. Ten uh, points per game-wise. So they, they have to get back to a little bit of that. You've got three guys that have been around and understand that with Teske, Livers, and Simpson. You know, you, you got guys like DeJulius that understand it too. They were there last year. 
guys like Brandon John. Austin Davis has been around forever. Um, he understands it. He's played really well off the bench. Um, Eli Brooks has been around a lot. He gets it. Um, that's what they need. They got to start finding that defensive uh, prowess that they used to have. If they can do that and hit shots, sure. You, you know, you never and, know. And that's the thing. But that right. defense can always lead to that offense and those uh, transition buckets. Howard does like to run, yeah. though they don't necessarily have the, you know, the skill players to do that. But I mean, on a fast break, you're a Division One athlete. Running's running. Doesn't matter how you play. Oh, they, they've been great. Honestly, I, I think you made a great point there. When they have actually played great D and ran, they've looked good. They've looked very good. They they push the ball better than they did last year. They actually get out and transition. They hit some threes. They get some easy run out dunks. They've had a lot of that this year. So that's their best, you know, playing style, getting stops, getting rebounds, pushing the ball. Simpson maybe weaving around traffic, getting an easy layup, maybe them dumping it inside for a dunk. Maybe Wagner's running the floor. Wagner has ran the floor a little better as of late. Um, so, yeah, it's, it comes down to defense, where it's the opposite of Michigan State, where Michigan State, just keep that offensive momentum going. You already have it locked down on defense. Um, you know, just keep hitting shots. Michigan, stop people. Get stops, three or four in a row, uh, rebound and run. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's a long – I think it's too much ground to make up for, to be honest, Tyler, for Michigan. I, I think it's just – you can't just turn it on and off the way they have. And I think that's honestly why I think they'll be out the first weekend. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll see. You just never know, right? Yeah, I mean, and we'll uh, see what the draws look like. And obviously we'll get on uh, next Monday and talk about that. Uh, moving on, we are going to talk a little bit of tournament action. Before we do that, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this stuff. Um, this coronavirus is a very big deal. And if it's not, it at least appears to be a very big deal based on media. Now, obviously, different people are saying different things about it. Ultimately, um, the Ivy League has shut down conference tournament play. Um, they've ju- they're just awarding, uh, you know, their automatic bid to Yale who won the regular season. Um, The governor of Ohio is recommending, uh, he's ultimately recommending empty arenas, which, I mean, Cleveland and Columbus, I'm not exactly sure where the tournament, and the uh, NCAA tournament's going to be held this year. Um, Cleveland and Columbus are typically sites in the tournament and you lose that tournament atmosphere potentially with uh, what he's stating. What what are your thoughts on this? Because I feel like based upon what doctors are telling you to do, this is a relatively avoidable situation. Yeah. I mean, anyone that, you know, I'm not, a doctor. I'm not a medical person, so I don't have a, a high opinion on this. But from everything that I'm hearing and reading from people that do have a say medically, um, it's something that's just not as serious as people are making it. The media is really making it bigger than it probably is. But it's definitely something that you want to take precaution of and be careful. And, and whether it's washing your hands like a madman, like I have been. And when I was sick the other day, I was freaking out. Um, so, you know, of course, you know, it's, it's something you have to pay attention to. But I think it's being definitely reacted to in a strange way, I guess is the best way to describe it. 
And I think that it will have a huge impact on the things that we like to talk about sports because uh, that changes everything. That changes everything, whether it's financially, um, that changes things is where, whether the, the way the game is played because of the environment um, with no fans, that makes everything well, well, different. Let's, let's I mean, say there are fans. You're still going to get, you know, a few of those fans that are just like, yeah, you know what? The travel's not worth it. So I'm not going to show up. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's just really, it'll be interesting to be honest, to see what happens in the next few weeks. When you see a tournament canceled, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's something that you have to pay attention to. And I just wonder, yeah, if, if that's the case and Ohio says that's what we're going to do and, and we have to go that route, um, I don't think the NCAA can have much of a say in that. I'm not quite sure how that works. But uh, if, if a state mandates uh, a state of emergency, I don't think the NCAA means anything. I think that they're like secondary at this point. Um, so the games could be played possibly. Um Worst case scenario, what do you do then? You you change venues, you change states. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on here, and it, it's a it's a crazy time. This is something we've never probably dealt with. This is unprecedented. Yeah, the logistics definitely uh, uh, change because then you also got to rent out arenas and you got to do all that type of stuff, and it would just, I mean, the loopholes would be insane. Um, obviously, we'll see how things kind of progress. It's just kind of weird. You know, a couple months ago, I thought I was going to die because I got bit by a mosquito. Now I'm going to die because of a crappy Mexican beer. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just uh, like, they just, I was who they listened to uh, Dr. Drew talking about how it's, it's been a media circus is what yeah. it's been. You know, it's been, you know, more people have died from the flu and all these things you hear from people who are, you know, quote unquote professionals or medical people. And uh, you know, it's, it's something that it's became a, a cultural thing now, right? It's something that's a part of our culture, this huge new virus. And, but you can't not look at it. I mean, you, you care about the well, you know, well-being and health of, of and the student athletes, um, obviously you know, who are, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's become something that uh, is really shocking though. I mean, when you cancel a whole tournament, things are getting kind of serious. Yeah. And that, well, and, yeah, thing, we're going to find thing out to take into consideration. Ivy League doesn't make a lot of money with a basketball tournament, if any. Um, I yeah, like I like sure. what Tom Izzo said. Uh, you know, whatever doctors and medical professionals say, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and right, right. You that's know, that's you the look at that's... it. Right now, medical professionals aren't saying boycott this, boycott that. They're saying, hey, just wash your hands, be clean. You know, don't flush and walk out. That type of thing. So <laughs> that's the. Uh, I mean, that's a r- really the only thing that you can do right now. I mean, I think right now I'm with you. I think it's being partially overblown. Um, just take a shower every now and again. It's not that big of a deal. Well, well, <laughs> well let, me, let me mention this one thing, and they've mentioned this a lot. And this has been the common theme that most of the people, and, and it doesn't make it any better, but let's just be honest here. By the statistics, what they're saying is typically the people that are passing um, are, are already very ill. Um, that they're catching this, maybe it's, it's something that is that is spreading. It's, it's something that needs to be serious. And, and Absolutely. Noted. But most of the people that are passing away are, are either elderly or already ill. Uh, I think they had mentioned there was no one under the age of 50 that had passed away from this. So there is people that have come down with cases of it that are getting over it quickly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying I know all this. This is just things I'm hearing. Oh, absolutely. So, so I think it's like something where, okay, um, 
you know, are, are, I mean, what's going on really? I mean, let's just, can someone just come out who's a professional and say certain things so we kind of all feel at ease or do we just kind of like putting everybody... Or is this something we, we need to be taking it seriously as it's being presented? Right. Is it that scary? If it is, and we need to like know what the heck to do. Because right now I just don't know what to do besides I guess I need to wash my hands more. And if that's the case, really, it doesn't seem like it's that serious, right? right? I mean, I don't know. But, you know, gosh... Uh, I hope there's some fans. I, I hope that we can move on. I hope yeah. that this is something that us sports fanatics can just not have to worry about anymore. But it's definitely something we're going to deal yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. It is a serious thing, obviously. You know, and anyone who, uh, you know, has ca- caught this, uh, you know, obviously we wish the best. But, the, I mean, like we've said, the way it's being presented, um, we feel that there is a overblow factor to some of this. And ultimately until then, I think the Ivy league, especially since a majority of the cases are out West, you know, they'd probably be the last ones that would uh, be concerned with this um, given their location. So um, let's break down a tournament that is actually going to go on a tournament down in Indianapolis um, where, well, the schools that we talk about (laughs) Um, are ultimately going to be playing. Um, really quick, uh, I mean, I guess we can just go ahead and wrap with this. Who do you have in the Big Ten tournament, and who would your dark horse be? Uh, I think Michigan State is the way they're playing right now. They're just playing better than everyone. So I think it would be the way the draw is for them. I think they easily are my favorite to win. Um, you know, a, a dark horse – at this time, considering I wouldn't even call them a dark horse, but they just have been playing very, very well. Also, I guess Wisconsin would be a dark horse. I mean, even though they did win the Big Ten, and they're the one uh, seed, you know, it's, and they're the one seed. Um, it, it's probably one of the more strange years I've ever seen in Big Ten basketball because Wisconsin really was an average basketball team for a lot of the year, um, and just kind of weaved around and won a lot of games. All of a sudden. Uh, didn't have the difficult schedule that some other teams had. And um, then so Kobe King just up and left there. in the middle of the year. Yeah. And, and yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere. So uh, they had, they've had some tragedy themselves, you know, obviously with coach right. Moore, uh with, with what happened there. Um, so they've got a little bit of a storyline like Michigan state, what they've had to deal with. Um, so I, I guess that you can say they're a dark horse, but I will say this. And I know this is going to be, you know, a little bit of a homer attitude. I, I wouldn't don't look too far past Michigan. They do have a guy, a lot of guys that have been there that have won it. You know, they were in the championship game last year against Michigan state. Lost the championship game last in, year to Michigan state. Yeah. Lost last year, won the year before, um, you know, won two years in a row. They've been in the big 10 tournament final three years in a mm-hmm. row. So this is a team that's been there with guys that have been there. Um, so I guess the two dark horses, technically Michigan would make more sense to be called a dark horse. Uh, they would be one, and I think Wisconsin definitely. I don't think people are just expecting them to win the Big Ten. No, and I, I, th- um, I think, I think he- you're right because it goes back to what I said. I, you know, I think Maryland and Michigan State are the two best teams. I left Wisconsin out of there, and I said Illinois was better than Wisconsin. So yeah, yeah. that that makes that makes absolute sense uh, in regards to you know does Wisconsin technically qualify as a dark horse? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes on that. Um, I, I think and it's strange though when you say it that way. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah, so it, weird it's a Big Ten champion and a dark horse to win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I, this year, yes. In this season, the way this year's gone, I mean, my goodness, 
you know, what, just two, three weeks ago, we were thinking that Michigan was on the rise and then all of a sudden they fall off. Uh, Wisconsin ends up winning the big 10, which was crazy. Uh, Michigan state looked like they were dead in the water for a minute there. They played absolutely terrible in certain situations in, in a few games. And here they are rolling. Um, it, it's just, it's been a weird, crazy funny thing though. Season. Funny thing. That stretch where Michigan state lost three or four and people were starting to write them off a little bit was around the exact same time last year where they lost Indiana, Illinois, and Indiana in three straight. It was the exact same time. Yeah. It's just crazy how I, – I think Tom Izzo uh, – I think he throws games in January, <laughs> to be honest, uh, the way that yeah, – I, I don't know. <laughs> the way that uh, they bounced back, you know, for a second straight year with, uh, you know, losing um, around that same time. I'm going to go my favorite, Maryland. Um I think there's a certain fatigue factor that may be coming with Michigan State a little bit with the um, with the minutes that Tillman's been playing as he's been playing extended minutes even more so than uh, what he was early on when everyone knew that he was the second guy still. Um, Winston's obviously got to play extended minutes because they don't use Watts as like a Charlie Bell type in 2000 where, okay, you're our primary lockdown defender on defense. You're our starting shooting guard. You can get us points when we need them. But you're also our backup point guard. And I think Watts needs to yeah. kind of get into that role a little bit because Foster Lawyer looked ultimately it sucks and I like the guy. Um, maybe he'll be able to be suitable in a suitable replacement in the first round. Um, but I don't see him playing much beyond that. And so you can't run cash as 40 a night. Um, so I'm yeah. so I'm going to go with Maryland here. I think uh, Izzo doesn't really care about this tournament, even though he's won it more than anybody else. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Maryland as that, and I'm going to go. I'm going to kind of piggyback off uh, your dark horse where you said Michigan. I'm going to say the winner of the Rutgers Michigan game. And the reason for yeah. that is I think that either one of those teams can beat Wisconsin. Do I think it will absolutely happen if they make it? No, absolutely not. I'm picking a dark horse. I'm picking a team that I think can shock, and I think that's either one of them. Um, I think uh, I think Michigan's a better – I think Michigan's going to beat Rutgers, um, but I think Rutgers would have a better shot to beat Wisconsin. And so I'm going to – just roll with the eight, nine winner, whoever that is. And then I think either one of those teams can turn around and beat Illinois as well. Um, yeah. Michigan does have a good, when you look at that, I guess Rutgers too, they both have a good situation there where it's not like they're, you know, I think if Michigan state was the one seed or, or Maryland, then you're like, Oh, that's, that's trouble. Cause I just don't think Michigan matches up well at all against Maryland. And I think obviously in a rivalry game against Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo is going to get the best out of his guys against Michigan mm-hmm. in the Big Ten tournament. You know, he might not like the tournament, but he, he likes beating Michigan. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, uh, this is a good bracket, uh, side of the bracket for Michigan. I mean, it really is. I mean, that they could get rolling. They could win that first one. And I, I do think they could beat Wisconsin. I mean, is it, ex- is it expected? No. But they definitely can. Neutral court, yes. They can beat Oh, absolutely. Guys. And, I, I mean, um, I, I think ultimately um, – I mean, if I had to pick going into this thing, and obviously we'll uh, probably recap uh, both uh, both Michigan and Michigan State's games, game or games later. 
Um, look, I think Illinois is going to come out of the top part of that bracket. I think Maryland's coming out the bottom end. Um, but look, Rutgers and Michigan can beat Illinois. And I mean, that's not even saying Illinois is going to get past uh, their first game on Friday. But if you're playing the, you know, if you're uh, going chalk on that, if you're playing chalk um, and you're picking your dark horse, it's Michigan and Rutgers would play Wisconsin, obviously, on Friday, whoever it is. And then uh, in chalk terms, they would be playing Illinois. And I think Illinois is a beatable team, too. Um, at the same – Why don't we just go back? Let's go to the two years in a row, Michigan-Michigan State. I mean, let's just do it again. Let's play it back. Look, man, I, I, I would love kid, that. I can't make it this year, so I don't want to <laughs> – Because that, that, <laughs> yeah, It's just running back. What the heck? My favorite screen event I've been to or whatever it was the uh, Big Ten Tournament Championship last year. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, both uh, Michigan and Rutgers can end up surprising um, just because I, I'm not 100% sold on Wisconsin, and I think that's why you picked them as a dark horse. But we'll, we'll obviously break it all down uh, as it progresses. Um, probably shoot. You know what? Screw it. Let's do this. Let's uh, do predictions for the tournament. Let's have a little bit of fun with this. Um, each day we'll uh, – me and File will give you our predictions uh, for the matchups for the tournament, and uh, we'll go from there. And if it really picks up, uh, we might uh, continue it for the NCAA tournament, even though that would require a little bit more work and we're both a little lazy. But we'll – No, no, just it, busy. Lazy, busy, just whatever. Busy. I, I'm busy, but I don't want to do the work, so I guess that makes me lazy too. But – <laughs> well, let's just give ourselves a pass. We both work regular jobs. You know, this we're not millionaires yet. We will be one day. But uh, we're working regular jobs. We're parents. Bear with us, people. You know, this is my only excuse I'll have for 2020. My excuse is we were a little busy. Jordan's not even in the background right now. That happens sometimes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, Jeremy's cover- recovering from the coronavirus himself. So it's, right. it, yeah, it's, it's a little rough here. But, look, we'll uh, – We'll hit you with our predictions for the Big Ten tournament. We'll uh, we'll obviously recap Michigan, Michigan State as it progresses, and then as uh, they progress, either in the tournament or get knocked out on uh, you know Thursday and Friday, respectively, or however it may fall. However the chips may fall, we'll be here to talk about it. Then we'll obviously talk about uh, election Sunday on Monday when we have time to uh, take a look at the brackets and stuff like that goes down. That does it for the Trouble with Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward alongside Jeremy File.